hey, 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 AKA the Towncast Popcast, and my name is Tom. Returning from the edges of the unknown realms with both Tales to Astonish and Tales to Terrify is the spectacular Roger Smith. I'm back to cast, baby. He's also known as Exomega Gold on Twitter and Instagram. Yes. If you are picking up what this podcast is putting down, please follow the awesome small independent show on social media at Tomcast underscore Popcast on Twitter and at the Tomcast underscore Popcast on Instagram. Remember, this is the pop culture podcast that knows Spider-Man's secret identity. Oh, fuck. Wait a minute. All right. Scratch that. (laughs) But before we get there, Roger, you've been a man about town, about the world. Yeah. Yeah, I've been all over the place. Tell us about your adventures. Uh, Well, let's see. A couple weekends ago, uh, actually, I guess a weekend ago, I was uh, up in Portland for a wedding, so... That was good times, you know. Tried to hit up as uh, many local little beer spots along the way as I could. So Portland, Oregon, not Portland, Portland Maine. Yeah, yeah, Oregon. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, it's a, it was a fun time. And then prior to that, I was about eight hours south into Baja in a little beach town, just you know, catching some sun and beach action. So yeah, it's been a it's been a hectic few weeks and just been like decompressing and kind of getting back into the swing of things, but. Feeling good. Feeling good relaxed. times. Good good vacation. Good good uh, good vibes. Yeah, all the vibes are good. <laughs> <laughs> and for anyone who doesn't know, Roger Roger is a, is he's an he's an exotic guy. He lives across <laughs> the border in yes. the mystical land of Mexico. Yeah, right there in Tijuana. So that's right. It's good stuff. Except the commute. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're telling me about some delicacy uh, from Tijuana. Some uh, a a, uh, a a churro, I believe you called it. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. They they fill them with things, and it's amazing. Cinnamon <laughs> and sugar. Who yeah. knew that went together so well? It's awesome. <laughs> the people of Mexico, we love them all. <laughs> They're amazing. <laughs> Except Donald Trump, he hates you. Yeah, yeah, we don't know why, but you know. Whatever. Well, that's not what this show's about. So we don't want to. <laughs> we don't want to go down that ro- just disgusting road. No one wants to go there. <laughs> nah, we'll avoid that one. <laughs> uh, Roger, it's a bit of a warm. Warm day in San Diego. Yeah, it's a it's a warm one today for sure. Tad muggy. Yeah, not liking that one. Yes, I mean, listen, I I know we have we have amazing friends on the on the East Coast who who listen to us complain about the weather and they laugh. Yeah, they laugh in our face and and deservedly so because their humidity is probably like ninety five percent by now. Pretty much. Um, but, but by San Diego standards. It's it's hot and gross. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not fun, and that's why we don't live there. So, <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, so, so so we selected a, a beer w- uh, for the evening with the intention of, of cooling off a bit, something something lighter, some lighter fare. Yeah, one might show. say the lightest one even. Wow! Wait a second. <laughs> so we're in transition, Roger. Yeah. <laughs> that's professional podcasting right there, folks. I've got my practice in. What do we got, bud? We got the Ennegrin Brewing Company, the lightest one. It's a Munich-style Helles Lager, um, super light drinking, uh, really refreshing. Four point eight percent, twenty-one IBUs. If you're into that, uh, and yeah, it's a pretty good characteristic of the style. You know, not too. Uh, not to anything. It's just very nice and balanced. Yeah, uh, Integrin is they they are up in the Moorpark, California area, which oh, is okay. next to Simi Valley, which is famous for the Rodney King trial. For anyone who <laughs> cares about those sort of things, history buffs out there. Integrin <laughs> uh, is one of the, one of these fun little little breweries that's kind of getting some some uh, some attention mm-hmm. for for doing more of the old world style beers and uh, doing them doing them pretty darn well, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so. 
You know, I know I know Cody over on Beer Night's been impressed with with a, a lot of a lot of their beers lately, mm-hmm. and uh, this is this is no exception. <laughs> this is a nice one, especially for for a day where it's a little bit, uh, it's a bit of an armpit. Yeah, that's an apt description. I think <laughs> slightly more fragrant, but maybe not by the end of the show. We'll see how it yeah, goes. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I mean, <laughs> who knows? An hour from now, boom, could just be god awful. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's let's talk a little news. The first thing I want to get to is, is is something that I just showed you prior to the show starting. Yeah. Um, the 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 initial trailer. For the Kingsman prequel film drop today called mm-hmm. The King's Man. Uh, Clever. W- yeah. <laughs> what are you? What were your thoughts after watching that trailer? Uh, I liked. I liked the prequel aspect of it. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to see like where it all came from as an organization. Uh, I really liked the uh, other two Kingsman movies. I thought they were pretty well done. Just you know, super over the top, just fun action craziness. You know, so. It was good. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a fan of the films. I, I think Matthew Vaughn's a really, really talented director. Um, mm-hmm. He does a lot of interesting, interesting things. Makes a lot of interesting choices with his directions. Yeah. Um, and the Kingsman movies are a lot of fun. I, I, I like the first one. Uh, I, I, I like the first one a lot more than the second one. But the second mm-hmm. one's still an enjoyable romp, yeah, if you will. Yeah, I think so. Uh, this is gonna, and the, as as we said, this is gonna be a prequel. Mm-hmm. It's set uh, in the time of World War One, or shortly after World War One. Yeah, and it seems like it's the beginnings of the Kingsman organization. Yeah, that's kind of what what I figured the the trailer was alluding to. So. Yeah, so it, it'll be interesting to kind of see how uh, how it all kind of comes together, how it all forms, mm-hmm. and I guess what they're saying is just this is the first of many spinoffs of the mm-hmm. main Kingsman franchise. So it sounds like they're trying to do the. Uh, the whole Kingsman universe kind of thing, you know, where we'll have maybe multiple movies and multiple timelines. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of their first foray into something a little more historical. So yeah. And something definitely away from, from the comic books mm-hmm. completely. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't mind a spinoff series. Like I said, most of them are just fun action popcorn movies, you know, just entertaining for what they are just for the over the topness of them. And, if it keeps with that vibe, I think I'll probably go see them. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, they didn't have a specific release date uh, no. tagged on this. It just said 2020. Which is uh, coming soon. Which <laughs> <laughs> is coming soon. It'll be here uh, before we know it. Yeah. Uh, actually, Roger and I are prepping our Christmas episode where we are getting ready to sing our Christmas carols. Yep. We'll have those ready for you in no time. <laughs> <laughs> but we're changing all the words. Yeah. <laughs> and we're not telling to what. Uh, Roger, something I know that's near and dear to your heart that I wanted to mention. Yes. And let me let me get the I want to get the exact quote here. Okay, so give me just a second. All right. But this has to do with the <clears throat> reboot of the Mortal Kombat film series. Oh yes. So screenwriter Greg Russo confor- confirmed the new Mortal Kombat movie will indeed be rated R and include several of the game's infamously gory fatality super moves. <laughs> How does that make you feel? Feels pretty good. One might say. You are hands down the biggest Mortal Kombat fan I know. Yeah, yeah. Have you you played every game? Do you own every game, every iteration of the games? No, actually, you know, it's kind of funny because, you know, I grew up with Mortal Kombat seeing it at the, you know, local taco shop. (laughs) Oh, wow. You know, seeing it in there and being like, whoa, this is amazing. But of course, you know, my parents never let me play it. It was too bloody. You know, it's the the gory game, you know, for little kids that we all wanted to play, but the parents were, no. 
But, um, yeah, so, I mean, for most of my life, I was just, like, it was always there, kind of just this nostalgic thing. And it wasn't until Mortal Kombat 9, that actually, that I really got into it again. Which nine? Is, yeah, <laughs> nine, which is, like, it seems weird, but what got me into it so much was that a lot of it was basically retelling the entire story up to that point in that hmm. game. So it was kind of like a summary of everything from Mortal Kombat 1 and then going a little beyond that in 9. And so the last three games, 9, 10, and 11, have kind of been the entire series okay. as a whole. So that's why that one kind of encapsulated everything. So I remember when MK9 came out, I was like, oh, you know what? This is my time to jump in to relive that nostalgia and to play the stuff I never got to play as a kid, you know? Okay. And so that's pretty much what got, you know, got me into it there. And it seems like, you know, 9 is... A crazy place to start, you know, but yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, uh, I was in my early teens. I might have been even like it might have been slightly preteen. I've been like twelve or 13, 11, 12 ish when mm-hmm. when the first Mortal Kombat yeah. game was in the arcades. Mm-hmm. Um, I was living I was living on the East Coast mm-hmm. at the time, and my, my friends and I would go out on Friday Saturday nights to yeah. to the putt putt mini golf. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> off off of Rockville Pike, nice. and we would play the shit. <laughs> out of that Mortal Kombat, that first Mortal Kombat arcade game. Yeah. And then, you know, we, we were obsessed with it. It was an obsession for a long time, trying to unlock the moves, yeah, playing as all different characters. Yeah. You know, you had Sub-Zero and, 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 Scorpion. and Scorpion, Johnny Cage. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the classic iterations <laughs> of characters. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, was it Sonya Blade, I think? Yeah. 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 And, and um, it, it, like I said, it, it was kind of an obsession. We, we couldn't mm-hmm. wait. To go to the putt putt on Friday nights with our yeah. with our you know bags of, of quarters and stuff like that or you know or dollar bills that we were going to put into had to feed into the goddamn change making <laughs> machine so we get our quarters out yeah um so hold on I gotta compose myself I'm being a little excited <laughs> yeah and so then the the you know the news came out they were going to put that out on consoles it was yeah. going to go to Genesis it was going to go to Super Nintendo yep and we were all losing our shit. Because we could play it at home finally and not like waste so much goddamn money mm-hmm. <laughs> that we didn't have. And yeah. as that was coming out, I believe Mortal Kombat 2 mm-hmm. came right into the arcades as well. So, yeah, no, yeah. we were still spending a ton of money at the arcade, yeah, yeah. but at least we could play Mortal Kombat 1 at home. Mm-hmm. And it was controversial, especially yeah. on the Nintendo, because a Nintendo not known for, for, for their blood and gore, mm-hmm. then they're not, not, they're not fans of that. So yeah, yeah. on the Super Nintendo release, at least the initial release, uh, the the blood was gray. Yeah, yeah, there was there was no actual red blood in that. One. Yeah, no red blood in there. I, as a Genesis owner, I laughed You're at like, all my friends <laughs> with Nintendo. I said, "Ha ha ha ha! I have the real blood." <laughs> yeah, that was pretty crazy. I mean, it was basically that's what the ESRB came from. You know, the whole rating system we use today was kind of because of Mortal Kombat. So. Yeah, and fighting games were still kind of early on mm-hmm. they, they were still a, a fairly new thing there had been like the first Street Fighter game yeah, and, and just a handful two, of other things mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat's a game that really uh, propelled that genre of video games in, yeah. in, into all kinds of bold crazy new directions mm-hmm. you know because next thing I knew and you know especially as, as systems progressed mm-hmm. you know you were getting like the Tekkens and you were yeah. getting uh, Soul Calibers and, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that I mean like the the, the subgenre of fighting games just mm-hmm. became this thing and it yeah. was out of control <laughs> and massive and I think the last the last time I was really connected to Mortal Kombat was right around 4 yeah yeah. Um, and then I kind of petered out because they got the the, the games got so complicated complicated oh, for yeah, me yeah it got uh, crazy <laughs> I was just like I don't know how to do any of these fucking moves <laughs> 
And and uh, but I, I do have a connection and a, a, an affinity for the Mortal Kombat. So I'm, I'm curious yeah. to see a reboot. I we we I remember my friends and I we went to the theaters when the first films came out. Yeah, they're they're okay. The first one's okay. The but, second one's yeah. garbage. Yeah, yeah. Don't even bother with it. But the first one, you go back, just you know, it's it's so campy. It's it's awesome <laughs> for that nostalgic reason. But the thing that still I, I still have a, a a bigger connection to from the films mm-hmm. is. The, the soundtracks they released mm-hmm. were pretty damn cool. You know, yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of, you know, late 90s, early 2000s kind of like techno <laughs> and industrial music. Yeah. But there's yeah. some good stuff in there. Mm-hmm. And and so I still have those. I even have the the original video game soundtrack too with like all yes. the, the different remixes and mm-hmm. the, the, like the voiceover guy from the video game. Yeah. You know, all that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Mortal Kombat's a big deal. Yeah, for sure. It's, yeah. it's cool that it's transcended time kind of. It's still yeah, with us. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, the, it's always had amazing music, just, you know, like you said, movie and game. And yeah, it's just kind of been part of modern culture. You mm-hmm. know, like I said, it it made the, you know, ESRB, the ratings that we use for video games today. And, you know, that's kind of a big deal now because, you know, we use that even now. You know, it's just become a, a normal part of video games, you know. You know, I so. think it was, I'm trying to think back. I, I, I'm pretty sure I picked up a copy of Mortal Kombat 10 based on your recommendation. Oh, yeah. And I'm pretty sure I was way bad at it. <laughs> Just all thumbs. No, it yeah. wasn't getting anything done. Yeah, but it did have Alien and Predator. That, I think that's why I yeah. got it, because you told me that. And I was like, I want to be the Predator. Yeah, it's so much fun. Like, yeah, it's it was definitely a hard game to play. I mean, Mortal Kombat is... It's a strange game in the sense that it's like one of the few American-made fighting games. Oh, interesting. Because most other fighting games are from Asia. You yeah. know, like Street Fighter, Soul Calibur, Tekken. Those are all, you know, Jap- Japanese. So it's like, this was like America's foray into the fighting game world. And that's why, like, a lot of the commands are so different from other fighting games. Because they just had a different take on how a fighting game should be played. W- would you say the Mortal Kombat's still the premier fighting game? I would say right now it's probably one of the top ones. Um, I mean, the, the way fighting game, the whole scene works is that it's constantly fluctuating with, you know, whatever the new or popular release is, that becomes, you know, the, the prime thing. And then everything else kind of just, they'll have a tournament and everything else is kind of subbed to that. So it's kind of always been like Street Fighter has been like number one in the fighting game tournaments. And maybe you'll get like Marvel versus Capcom and uh, Super Smash Brothers and all that. But lately, like yeah, the Mortal Kombat games and even the Injustice games have been kind of taking a higher higher spot in those tournaments. I did I did try to play the Injustice games again. I I, I get frustrated because I'm not very good at them. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I, I need to put the time into them. That's the real that's the real trick. Yeah, that's kind of what it comes down to for those. But yeah, they're pretty fun once you once you kind of figure out a couple combos and, and not die so much. <laughs> and, and aside from the games themselves, like the the subculture around them, like yeah. these these giant tournaments that people yeah, play in now yeah. are. Are a they're crazy huge and they're a big deal and the level of shit talking in them is oh yeah off the charts <laughs> yeah it's insane like you just I mean you get this like super drama going on within the fighting game scene you know like, yeah I was watching some video recently of of, of a I, I guess there's there's concern mm-hmm. that that some of these things are getting a little out of hand like people is getting a little violent like real violence is is breaking out because yeah. I mean, it's it's a fair it's a fair assessment, but at the same time, that kind of stuff has kind of always been in the fighting game scene, and only now that there's so many eyes on it is it kind of being pointed out. Because you know, years back, you would have these guys like you know popping off on each other, just like you know, doing the tough guy act, or just like face to face, just like you know talking smack, and you're just like, 
you know, wow, these guys are really getting into it, you know, and it's, it's always funny seeing this like scrawny little like white dude, just like face to face with this like, you know, tough looking black guy. And he's just like, really popping off on him. <laughs> the other guy's just like, whatever. But then, you know, the little guy, if he like wins, I remember, the, I can't remember the guy's names. But this was like, they all have crazy screen names. Yeah, the crazy screen names. And it's just like, this was a few years back. And the, the little guy beat him. And then he was just talking all this mad smack on him. And the guy was just like, yeah, okay, yeah, you won, you know. But <laughs> that's just, that's kind of how the scene's always been. There, there's been a lot of trash talk within it, a lot of grudge matches. And it's kind of like, you know, wrestling, you know, the whole WWE thing. You get these like feuds that happen over time. This guy talks smack about this guy and then you just get all these things. So I don't know how much of it is like actual drama versus maybe, you know, kind of being pushed in a certain direction by people, but it's, it's kind of always been a part of it. And yeah, maybe my, my thing has always been like, you know, let your actions speak for you, you know, like, beat the guy in the game and you know you've said what you've had to say you know right right but you know when you when you go above and beyond that it's like well i don't know that's not really necessary so i yeah yeah i mean i i personally am not a fan of that and i would mm-hmm. um probably not react too well yeah. to <laughs> that not. happening in my face yeah but that's why i don't do these things yeah, <laughs> that's why i'm yeah. not part of that side of of the of the video game aisle yeah yeah it's definitely it's a different scene for sure and you know uh, yeah i i definitely agree that i'm not a huge fan of it i i get it you know and it's it's always been a part of it um but you know kind of like you know ufc fights or something you know like when a guy beats the other guy and then he's like you know one of the guys just bad sportsman after mm-hmm. it's kind of like okay you said what you had to say either you lost and take the loss or you won and do it humbly you know I, I agree. So. And uh, that's the most we've talked about video games on this show. <laughs> Possibly. Probably yeah. ever. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, and actually, that's a good thing. That's something I would like to talk about more. So I'm kind of glad there's some Mortal Kombat news to dip into a little bit. Yeah. Because yeah. video games are fun. I don't, you know, I, I still enjoy them. I, just, I don't get to play them as much as I would like. Yeah, I feel that. But like. <laughs> video games are fucking fun. Yeah, it's a good time. So if you guys like it, let us know. Yeah. We'll talk more about games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, and maybe specifically about games they wanted to talk about, maybe. Yeah, yeah. If you're not into Mortal Kombat, well, let us know what you're into. Yeah, we'll have to try and play it, but we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll see what we do. <laughs> Roger, I don't know if you know mm-hmm. what's happening this week in San Diego. What could it be? There's something coming to town. It's it's a small little mom-and-pop kind of event. Oh, yeah. But yeah. they call it uh, Comic-Con International. Oh, is that how you pronounce it? Comic-Con, yeah, okay. I believe, is, is the pronunciation. <laughs> There's some accents in there. I had uh, to yes. make sure I nailed those. Um, yeah, kind of a big deal. Yeah, People yeah. are uh, probably in lines for things already. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're in the sun right now. <laughs> we, we, uh, we, we went downtown uh, for, for a Potter's game uh, this weekend, and mm-hmm. uh, it, it was a horrible Potter's game. Yeah, that's unfortunate. But, uh, but as we, we, you know, we took the trolley down from, from our, our scenic locale where we live. Yeah. And uh, we, as you roll into the gas lamp area, I mean, mm-hmm. you just, already, as of last weekend, I mean, Things were popping up. They're they're constructing yeah. stages and different <laughs> uh, different kind of li- little activations that will be off. What do they, what do they call it? Like off site. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, this was Saturday. This was Friday night. So yeah. I can only imagine now today Monday as yeah. we're recording this. There's probably already massive structures down there. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And 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 it, it, <laughs> again, it, 
Go now. Yeah. If you want to see some of the things that they're doing, like today and tomorrow are going to be great days to go down there and kind of mm-hmm. scope things out ahead of time before the crowd shows up. Yeah. That's because a good idea. once Wednesday gets here, <laughs> you're done. It's fucking Armageddon downtown. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't even bother trying to go anywhere near the convention center. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can only imagine. It's been a cluster these past few weekends. I mean, it was just Pride weekend. Yeah. And now it's yeah. going to be Comic Con weekend. And it was it was Pride and I think it was the first weekend of, of the OTL tournament, which is a oh, big deal wow. here in San Diego, <laughs> which is over the line, which yeah, is yeah. sort of like softball, but different yeah, for people yeah. who don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a big deal. Lots and lots of people go to that and play in that tournament. Um, it's just been a crazy been, San Diego month. Nuts. I mean, but that's how summers go here. I mean, every yeah. weekend is jam-packed with 52 different things. Yeah, easy. Easy. And, and Comic Con, I think, is... is uh, the the kingpin of them all. Yeah, I'd say so. Because people are, you know, I mean, people take off the week of work. People, mm-hmm. you know, have, have travel arrangements. They come to town. They, yeah. It's 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 a huge boon to the local economy. <laughs> yeah. But it's also a huge boon for for us local nerds. Yes. Because we just get to soak it all up. Mm-hmm. Now Comic Con has changed a lot. Yeah. You know, since I started going, I think the first year I went was two thousand two or two thousand three. Yeah, maybe me too, actually. And I've pretty much gone every year since, which is a pretty nice run for for me. Nice. Uh, I think I only missed one year, and that's because I decided I needed a break, <laughs> and okay. I went on vacation instead. Okay, that's, that's fair. <laughs> I just I just left San Diego. <laughs> We're like, no. it's like I need to I need to get out of this headspace. Yeah, I feel you. Because every year that I've gone, it's mm-hmm. constantly ramped up. Oh yeah. Into, into a bigger event with more and more people, and and and. Uh, Harder and harder to do things, which is yeah. problematic. But I don't want to. Do, I don't want to dwell on the negative things because Comic Con is a fun event. It yeah. is a great event, and there's going to be so much good energy and good news and good things happening. Yep. I kind of wanted to talk about some of the things that are coming to Comic Con and kind of kind of hit on and see what your excitement level is for some of them. Sure. Yeah. And we're, we're going to stay in in the realm of TV and movies. Sure. Um, but. Because there's so much. I mean, we can only talk about so much. This is true. And then next week, after Comic-Con, we'll do the, the Aftermath show. Yep, the wrap-up. <laughs> where we'll, we will sift through the rubble of Comic-Con and yeah, find the juiciest, chunkiest <laughs> pieces of news and just talk about those. Yeah, we'll look through our swag bag and see what we got. Ooh, so much swag in the bag. <laughs> oh, Roger, you're going to be there. Yeah, yeah, I think I'll be there Friday. Hopefully sometime in the afternoon. And I, I am extremely optimistic that I will be there on Thursday for sure. Uh, okay. And hopefully uh, doing hit and runs yeah. <laughs> the rest of the weekend, Friday, Saturday, and, and possibly Sunday as well. Yeah. Still iffy on Wednesday. Don't know. Wednesday <laughs> up in the air. So we'll see. We'll see. But if you see us, if anyone listens to this silly podcast and knows who Roger and I are, mm. say hi. Yeah. We like when you say hi. Yeah, we do. <laughs> it's always nice to see a friendly face when you're surrounded by 10,000 strangers, more than 10,000. Yeah. Like 11 billion strangers. Yeah. That's a better number. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it, I got that. That's Hobbit math. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the first thing I want to talk about coming, coming to Hall H on Thursday, uh, Terminator Dark Fate. How are you feeling about that? I think it looks interesting. Uh, I remember seeing the trailer and it was interesting seeing Arnold come out in it i wasn't actually expecting that but yeah i guess i'm curious as to how it's going to play out Mm -hmm. i don't i don't have any uh i'm not like super optimistic or pessimistic about it i'm kind of just like in the wait and see mode yeah i I think it could really go either way because we've been kind of bamboozled by so many terminator movies up to this point (laughs) we definitely have it's like 
I, I've been crushed too many times. <laughs> you know, uh, it'll, it'll be interesting. If, if Schwarzenegger comes downtown mm-hmm. for, the, for the convention, I think that's going to get a lot of attention on it. Yeah, definitely. I, I kind of wonder if they're going to put out a new trailer because that first one didn't really seem to get a lot of attention. No, not a whole lot. So I wonder but. if they are, at, at the very least, I think they will probably show people in attendance mm-hmm. something from the film. Yeah, I think they kind of have to because they, they haven't been getting a lot of word out otherwise. Yeah, they got to start getting some positive word of mouth about the film. Mm-hmm. Now, another thing I wanted to bring up, I, I, this may not resonate very much because I don't know how familiar everyone is with it, but HBO and, and BBC are teaming up to do a new adaptation of the book series, His Dark Materials. Mm-hmm. There was, there was the, the first film, they tried this a, a decade or so ago, and I, I forget the name of the first book. Um, but it had a, a polar bear in it <laughs> and okay. a little girl riding a polar bear and it, it pretty much bombed. Also, Daniel Craig was in it. Okay. But, uh, oh, uh yeah, yeah. I know the one you're talking it's about. It's something compass, right? Golden compass. Is it golden compass? I think, I think you is. may be right. I think it is. Yeah. Anyways, it didn't do well. Yeah. <laughs> so now HBO and BBC are teaming up to, to relaunch this show. They're doing a panel on Thursday in hall H mm-hmm. and, um, I mean, word is good. This show has okay. good word of mouth, unlike Terminator. Uh, yeah. This show's already been renewed for a second season, and it hasn't even debuted yet. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's something to look forward to. That's a good sign. Especially if, if, and again, for people who haven't been to Comic-Con yet, mm-hmm. and especially with the events at Hall H, yeah. I mean, once you're in Hall H, you're pretty much there all day. That's yeah. that's what you're doing. Yeah, you're camped out there, basically. Yeah, so it's good, it's good to know what's on your agenda, what you're going to see. <laughs> uh, Rick and Morty will be there all with right. some presents. They're doing a panel on Friday at the Indigo Ball Indigo Ballroom at the Hilton San Diego Bayfront, and uh, I bet we're gonna get some good good stuff out of this from the fourth season, which should be debuting I think in the fall. Yeah, I think so. That right. should be coming. You big Rick and Morty fan? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, it's the best. Yeah, it's, it's too good. It's so good. <laughs> All right, now a guy that possibly you and I are only, are the biggest fans of <laughs> that, and that would be our boy Henry Cavill. Yes, the former Superman. He's gonna be there with The Witcher. Very nice. The Witcher. <laughs> this is uh, this is the Netflix adaptation of the video game series based on the book. Based on the, based on the books from uh, Poland, I believe. Yep. Yes, yeah, a whole series from of, of Polish books turned into an incredible video game series. Yeah, which is crazy. Massive world building in those games. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun monsters, swords, all the good stuff. Yeah. They're doing a big panel on Friday the nineteenth in Hall H. So Henry Cavill, no stranger to Hall H, he'll be there again. I don't know if they're going to debut anything. Like you know, I don't know if they might show the first episode, but I think you're going to get probably at least a, a ride trailer. Yeah, you got to get something. I, I feel like you don't go to Hall H for a show and not show something. You know? Yeah, there's, there's definitely be something cool, mm-hmm. and it may it may be. You know, we're we're in a day and age of the internet where yeah. where a lot of the stuff that happens at Comic Con does make its way online. Mm-hmm. The the exception being. Uh, when you're in these panels, they may show you a, a clip or a scene or some kind of behind-the-scenes thing. Yeah. That usually does not make its way out of the conventions unless yeah. someone does a bootleg. Yeah, usually the best you're going to get is a bootleg maybe the day of before it's taken down super right. quick. And they get taken down pretty pretty yeah, they're, regularly. They're, they're pretty quick about it. Yeah. Now, a panel that I'm looking forward to, the show, the show starts soon, which is great. Uh, but there's going to be a panel on Friday, July 19th in Ballroom 20 for Amazon's adaptation of The Boys. The Boys. The, the Garth Ennis comic book series <laughs> uh, with uh, the artist on it was uh, Derek Robertson. Yeah. Just the, the fantastically violent, over-the-top story <laughs> of these, these gr- this group of non-superpowered people who go around killing all the awful, terrible, superpowered people who are just... <laughs> deserve to be dead yeah i saw the trailer for it it looked pretty brutal my girlfriend actually showed it to me i'm like you know what we're gonna watch this obviously but it does look pretty brutal 
<laughs> yeah, it's 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 being brought to life by by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, who mm-hmm. who brought Preacher to life. Yeah, yeah, and I was gonna say it gave me a huge Preacher vibe. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. Well, I mean, Garth Ennis. Yeah, it, 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 it makes sense. A nice now. crossover there. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. If you haven't seen the trailer yet, I definitely recommend YouTubing that. Yeah, it's, check it's, it out. It looks it's fantastic. Crazy. It's yeah. gonna be just violent and yeah. over the top and bananas. And it's I think it's gonna be a really really. Really good show. Best kind of And crazy. that's dropping at the end of the month on Amazon, so you'll be able to, to crush through those pretty soon. Nice. <clears throat> so, yeah, that's, that's on Friday the 19th when Roger's there. Yeah. So maybe I'll see that. Now, I'm curious about this one because you are a tad on the younger side. Yes. But also on Friday the 19th in Hall H, uh, Netflix will be doing a, uh, a panel on The Dark Crystal. Age of Resistance miniseries. Yeah, I saw that that was coming out. Their 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 prequel to the Dark Crystal film that is is beloved <laughs> by millions of people. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Now I don't know if the, if the Dark Crystal is necessarily <clears throat> in your wheelhouse. Wheelhouse. I'm just a little curious. Yeah, you know, I I definitely saw it as a kid a few times, but I couldn't tell you much about it. Other than that, definitely don't have the uh, same nostalgia in it as other people might have. So, but it does look interesting. You know, just the. The old school style coming back. Yeah, I, I'm I, I think I am fascinated by that aspect of it. The mm-hmm. the, the the traditional puppeteering work. Yeah, I think that's that's the most interesting part, honestly. Yeah, and I, I had read a couple stories where they had they had kind of messed around with doing like a blend of of, of puppeteering and, and CG. Yeah, and I guess the CG just you know just it, didn't work. Yeah, I feel like that's really hard to do. I mean, you just you have that realism of the puppeteering and. When you just try to add the CG, if it's not done super subtly, then it just comes off as fake. Which is strange. Uh, well, I shouldn't say strange, but uh, you know, a few, a few weeks back we talked about the anniversary of the Phantom Menace, mm-hmm. and in in that iteration they tried to go back to the Yoda puppet, and it didn't look very good. No, and, and you know, and I think the reason was is because the Yoda puppet was the only thing in that movie that was a puppet. Everything else was just pure CG. I, I think you might be right. So, yeah, so it's like when you have that like you have sort of dissonance and like two different types of fake mediums, you know, where you're just like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> that's this, a really interesting point. I like yeah, that. I don't know. I don't know if that's, if that's what it is, but I think it'd be interesting to see that. Oh, right on. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, it'll be interesting. I'm definitely curious to check out the series and I probably, honestly, I need to rewatch the film cause it's probably been at least, at least 20 years since I saw it last. Yeah. Definitely. Probably longer, honestly. <laughs> Same. Uh, also coming back to comic con this, this for the final time, Hall H, Friday, July 19th, from 5.30 to 6.30, the final Game of Thrones panel. <laughs> One last time. Oh, man. It's going to be... I'm extremely <laughs> curious to see how this panel shakes out. Yeah. I suspect the fans there will, will love seeing like the cast yeah. members that show yeah. up and, 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 and just kind of like paying tribute to what I still think was an incredible show, despite mm-hmm. a, a, a polarizing... A series finale. Sure, uh, but I will be curious if there's a Q and A session, and if anything comes up from that Q and A session. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would probably advise against it just to be on the safe side. <laughs> yeah, but. I mean, let, let's be honest. If, if if the cast is there, they're they're not gonna. <laughs> they may not have the answers to your your story based questions. Yeah, definitely. So I don't know. That, that's kind of hard to say. It's uh, like you said. Just it was such a polarizing ending for so many people and. It was just talked about for so long that I don't know, I don't know what the spin on it would be. I definitely agree that the people that are there are obviously going to be big fans of it. Mm-hmm. Either that, or they just care so vehemently about it that they're going to be there to complain. You know, so 
I don't know. I could see it going either way, and uh, I hope for the best. You know, it's it's always it's funny to me. I again, I've, I've been going to this this convention for a long time now, and I always have like these these kind of I have this morbid curiosity with with like some kind of the idea of some kind of nerd slash fan revolt <laughs> against some kind you know some property or whatever. Like there's yeah. some kind of just rage riot yeah, that well. breaks out because something didn't go the way that people wanted to. I don't think that will ever happen. To be perfectly honest, because hopefully with, not. The bottom line is when when fans are fans and they're in an environment like Comic Con, I, I think it brings out the best in most people. Yeah, I think so. You know you. Especially when you're away from your computer and your anonymity. <laughs> that's true. You're a lot more accountable when you're face-to-face with somebody. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, again, I, th- I think fans will be fine, and I don't think there'll be too much of a, of, of a uproar about it. But I will be curious to kind of yeah. hear what comes out of it. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Greg, I, I, Greg, Jesus Christ. Sorry, I just read a name on the screen. You're not Greg, you're Roger. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> Roger, were you aware that they're doing a new version of Creepshow? Creepshow, no. Yeah, the uh, this is... Uh, it was it was originally an anthology film. Mm-hmm. Now it'll be an anthology show. Okay. It was created by uh, Stephen King and George Romero back in like the early '80s. Jeez. So it's kind of got, it's kind of a classic in in a, in a lot of regards. But this is a new series uh, being uh, helmed by Greg Nicotero from The Walking Dead fame, and it has a, a pretty uh, pretty fantastic cast: Giancarlo Esposito, Trisha Helfer, Adriana Barbeau. There, I mean, there's a lot of people in the show with some. Some nerd gravitas, some, yeah. some Comic Con gravitas <laughs> to them, and especially Trisha Helfer from Battlestar Galactica fame. Mm. Uh, that's going to be interesting, I think. Yeah. And that's that's happening Friday. Uh, that's actually in the convention center at room six BCF, and that usually means they just make the rooms bigger. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just add them up. Yeah, when you when you start getting all the letters smushed together, it's because there's like three <laughs> rooms all. They just take the walls out. It's yeah, huh. pretty fancy how they do it. It's pretty nice. This uh, this is something I'm near and dear to my heart. We mm-hmm. just kind of alluded to it, but Preacher will be back at Comic Con oh, nice. for their final season, which is upcoming in August. Cool. They have a panel scheduled for Friday, July 19th in Hall H, seven <laughs> eight p.m. It has to be that late because it's going to be inappropriate, right? Oh yeah, this is the <laughs> after hours show. <laughs> and uh, the 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 these they believe that this is where they're going to debut quote unquote shocking footage from the final season all right <laughs> so yeah we'll, we are not surprised yeah it should be shocking it's yeah and if you've watched preacher this far you're going to watch the final season let's be yeah, honest for sure all right a show that i know rogers had some concerns and, and curiosity about yes batwoman will be there on saturday july 20th in ballroom 20 yeah they're going to screen the first episode all right. <laughs> yeah. So they'll they'll be uh, they'll be we'll be able to get uh, initial feedback from that first episode, and and apparently the the cast and creators of the show are going to be there. So that when people have watch it and they have questions, they can get answers. Yeah. So that's a panel to keep your eye on too. Yeah, I'll definitely uh, just keep an ear out on that one, see how it goes. There's going to be a Star Trek Universe panel, <laughs> which I'm excited about. Uh, not only is the cast of Star Trek Discovery there, but there's also going to be a, a, a a emphasis on the on the Picard series, which is starting mm-hmm. later this year, and they're doing an animated series on that CBS All Access app called Lower Decks. Oh, wow. and it's about about like the lower crewmen, like the little <laughs> ensigns that run around. Yeah, they, their lives matter too. There, there's a great episode of the Next Generation. Uh, I believe it's in the final season mm-hmm. of, of that show, and it's called Lower Decks, and it's it is about the ensigns and and the you know kind of away from the command crew and yeah. stuff like that, and, and and kind of the how the actions of the senior commanders affect them and stuff like that. It, it was a really, really great episode. I'm assuming this animated series is, is kind of based on kind that. of inspired by yeah, that one at inspired, the very least. Yeah. 
That's cool. And as we know from the last episode, I I, I came out, I kind of came out of my, my Star Trek closet <laughs> as a big Star Trek nerd. So I, I'm excited about this one. That's going to be on Saturday, July 20th in Hall H. That's cool. Another show that's near and dear to my heart. I'll keep this short because I don't know if any, anyone. <laughs> I, I know maybe two people who watch this besides me. Okay. Um, but The Expanse okay. is, is hands down my favorite show on TV, especially sci-fi oh, specific. Wow. Uh, it was on the sci-fi channel for its first three seasons. Mm-hmm. They canceled it erroneously. Yeah. <laughs> Amazon swooped in to save the show. It's like, we got you. Yeah, we got you. So <laughs> they have been very tight about the information about the new fourth season coming up. But okay. Comic-Con's where we're going to get our, our first glimpse of what the crew of the Rosanate has been up to mm. and how it's going to start. And maybe we get a date when they launch the show. Yeah. They're doing a panel on July 20th at the Indigo Ballroom at the Hilton San Diego Bayfront. And I'm excited about that. Yeah, that's cool. That's actually one that I've been wanting to watch. It's on my to-watch list on Amazon. It's I just hear like nothing but good things about it, like how they do like space the right way. You know, everything feels it's, like as it should. So. Yeah, and the, the nice part about that too is like I, for anyone who listens to this show, you know that I'm a dumb dumb. <laughs> they they do physics the way physics are supposed to be done, but they explain it to you in a way that like even a dumb dumb like me. <laughs> can follow along with and that makes total sense i'm like oh okay all right i get that i get it yeah yeah so you, you don't you don't need a degree in astrophysics you'll be fine yeah, that's good. <laughs> which is great i a lot of times when i when i try to read science fiction novels that mm-hmm. are um based on physics it, yeah. it becomes overwhelming yeah you got to be a little bit approachable here. yeah I, I i'm just not that smart <laughs> i'm <laughs> just not that smart so what the what the expanse does where they make it uh, understandable and they, the, the stories, the adventures, the, the, the journey of the characters are, mm-hmm. are phenomenal. Cool. So I recommend that show highly, highly, highly. It, seasons one through three are streaming on Amazon for free right now. Go crazy. Yeah, maybe that'll be my two years too late. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I actually started rewatching it recently, too, because uh-huh. I kind of want to get, I, I just, I've been missing the show. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I'm with you. Don't worry. <laughs> All right, the big one. This is the big one. I think this is the one where people are just going to, this is what they're camped out for okay. Wednesday night. And all the way up until Saturday when it when it happens. Saturday, Hall H, five fifteen to six forty five, Marvel Studios <laughs> panel. All right, yeah. it's a it's this is one of the longer panels. Kevin Feige is going to be there. Okay, and the speculation is that he's there to introduce Phase Four. It's got to be right. Right, and we don't know much about Phase Four. Nope. So he, the 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 expectation is that he will announce the films. Mm-hmm. We'll all get. Uh, uh, Nerdgasmed, <laughs> and and we're gonna we're gonna be able to just like talk and speculate and, and <laughs> it's gonna be so rad. And knowing Marvel, it's gonna be top notch because they they will probably mm-hmm. announce these films, and I would not be shocked to find out that they are announcing uh, casts and yeah. and these these actors and actresses will probably be there. Yeah, they'll be and there come out sure. on the stage mm-hmm. and blow everyone's socks off. Yeah, which I think would be tremendous. <laughs> That'd be cool. It also would be kind of tremendous if just like the you know the Avengers came for one final curtain call too. But that would be nice. That may be tricky. I'm sure all these guys are busy doing multiple things. Yeah, they're, they're kind of their commitments are taken care of. All right, and we're gonna talk we're gonna talk about Phase Four in a little bit here. A little bit, yeah. But one more thing I wanted to get to specifically for my good friend Roger Smith. Yes, the DC <clears throat> Universe sneak. Peak preview show Saturday, July twentieth, from seven to nine at the Indigo Ballroom at the Hilton San Diego Bayfront. Nice. This is for the DC Universe pan- uh, app. This is these are the shows. Okay. Got it. This is what we've been waiting for. More stuff. More mm. stuff. 
So it sounds like uh, we're going to get our first looks at like the Harlequin animated series and, oh, okay. and a few of the other things that we've been hearing about, but we haven't mm-hmm. seen anything for yet. Yeah, yeah. So that's one to keep our eye on, too. Yeah, we'll probably show some trailers for upcoming seasons and all that stuff. So yeah, should I, th- be good. I think so. And, 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 and with that, I, th- I think I finished <laughs> <laughs> the, the copious amount of things. And like, if you think that was a lot of stuff, that's the tip of the iceberg at Comic-Con. Yeah, we scratched the surface. Yeah, apparently. I mean, e- even just TV movie-wise, that's mm-hmm. nothing. Yeah. We, we didn't even talk about comic books or, yeah. or video <laughs> games or anime or, or any of it. And there's yeah. so much more. Mm-hmm. Books. There's tons of books there. You yeah. want to go read a book, meet an author? They're there, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The thing is nuts. <laughs> it's going to be rad. Yeah, I can't wait. All right. But let's get to the heart of the matter. The real heart of things. I, 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 I touched briefly on my, my initial feelings with this movie. Yeah. <laughs> but I needed Roger here for an actual discussion. Yes. It's time to spin the webs in our hands. Let's do it. All right. Spider-Man, <laughs> far from home. Uh, Roger, <laughs> you and I, have, we, we texted. I know yeah. you like the film. Yeah, yeah. But I think for this discussion, mm-hmm. we're going to do what comes naturally and start at the very end. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that, I feel it. Yeah. Because we, <laughs> this is what we have to talk about. Yeah, this might be the most important part of the movie. Hit the alarm. Spoiler warning. Red <laughs> alert. All right. You've been warned. We're getting into the nitty gritty now. This is what I've been waiting to talk about with somebody, anybody, for uh, over a week now. Yes. God damn. <laughs> Mysterio. Mysterio. Coming out. Taking down little Peter Parker. Yeah. Yeah, that was... His identity exposed to the world in the greatest cameo I've seen in a Marvel film in forever. Yeah. J. Jonah Jameson shows up. The J. Jonah the Jameson. Jonah Jameson, played by J.K. Simmons in, this, in the Sam Raimi trilogy, yes. comes back to be a new version of J. Jonah Jameson from a trashy news website, and it's fucking perfect. Yes, it, I saw that, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, this is exactly what I wanted. <laughs> I mean, who who better to play the role? I mean, <laughs> it's such a a. It's so well done, so well thought out, so yeah. well planned and executed, mm-hmm. and it is. <laughs> I, it's it's kind of a deep cut for the Spider-Man nerds because yeah. it's like everything's kind of well, even even in the first film, things kind of sort of work out for Peter Parker. Yeah, no. yeah, the Parker luck is back, mm-hmm. and things aren't working out so well for old Pete right now because <laughs> he just got fucked. Yeah, yeah, that, that's about right for Peter. <laughs> he thinks everything's going to come up roses for him. He's he's come through the other side of of of, of, of his adventures, far from home. Mm-hmm. He he saved the day, yeah. saved the world. Uh, you know the, the 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 burden of having to be like the next Iron Man is off his shoulders. He's got the girl. Yeah, everything works. Everything's out for him. going great, and then that fucking classic Peter Parker luck. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that Stan Lee invented and, and played yeah. out so well and has been a, a through line for that character for a million trillion years. For yeah. Pretty much since his inception. Definitely. The other shoe always drops. Yep. <laughs> and with the Tom Holland Spider-Man, we finally, finally, finally kind of see that to, it, to, it, to the maximum, I suppose. Yeah, yeah they kind of made up for the lost there, there's time. A, there's a little hard luck <laughs> stuff with, with Peter in, in the first film. Sure. But not to this extent. 
No, no. You know, the the the, the first reveal in, in, in Homecoming that, that the Vulture is his date's father, yeah. that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, sure. oh, well, that's kind of a huge fucking bummer. <laughs> but not like this. No, this is next level. <laughs> this is next level. This is this is Mysterio more or less winning. Yeah. You know, and, and um, it's bananas. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, yeah, that that scene was amazing. I mean, just just the way it was set up, you know, it's like Mysterio is honestly, I really loved his character in this movie. Like, they really did him justice. So, I was really happy with it. <laughs> yeah, it was it was fantastic. Um, and I mean, I, I think you know, I'm, I'm assuming most of our, our our listening audience has has checked this out already. Yeah. Um, because there's. <sighs> It it's it is such a <laughs> Okay, hold on. Let me get my thought here. Okay. okay. <laughs> Spider-Man Far From Home uh-huh. is basically an epilogue in 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 a certain sense to Endgame. Yeah. This is the final closing chapter of phase three of uh-huh. the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And what a way to fucking close it out. Yeah. You you thought it was bad that Iron Man died. Yeah. But you had Spider Man. Yeah. Yeah, it's Spider-Man going it's on. Like, okay. We'll, we'll we'll take it. <laughs> no, we get the return of not only is Peter's identity exposed, he's framed as the villain. Yeah. So now you get also the return of Spider-Man, Spider-Menace. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. It's oh, I I cannot wait for the next Spider-Man <laughs> movie in a way that I didn't think was possible. Yeah, no, that that really like just turned everything on its head. It's like now I'm really excited to see what's coming. So I don't know, man. It's looking pretty good. Now, so you have anything else to say about that scene? Um, Before I move on, or should should? No, I, I think that's pretty much it. Oh, I, it's so good. I can't. Yeah. I was trying to think of a better mid credits uh, Easter egg scene. Uh, in another Marvel film, and I, I, th- I think that's got to be tops. I think it wins. Yeah, I, don't I, I mean, like hands down, like it's so integral to the story and to the yeah. next film and, and to Spider-Man's character going forward. I, I don't think I, I could. I, I was. I had a hard time thinking of a mid-credit scene of equal importance. Yeah, nothing else stuck like that one did. And that's basically the end of Phase Three. Yeah, that's it. Now the post-credit scene almost seems like the beginning uh, of Phase prequel. Four. Yeah, as as we kind of see. What the fuck is going on <laughs> elsewhere? Yeah. Which I loved the end credit scene mm-hmm. almost as much as I loved the mid credit scene yeah. because I had questions <laughs> during, during the Spider-Man <laughs> oh, movie. Yeah. And the end credit scene basically answered all of them in about two seconds. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that makes more sense now. Yeah. And the end credit scene is, again, let's, um, if you if you... Are not surprised we're going to spoil this too. I'm going to hit the alarm again. Double alarm. Double alarm. God damn. Shields up. This is ultra red alert. Ultra red alert. It is revealed that 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 Nick Fury and Maria Hill are not Nick Fury and Maria Hill in this entire movie. Yeah. They are actually the scrolls from Captain Marvel. Yeah. It's it's uh was it was a Talos and uh, I forget the female scroll's yeah, name. Yeah, I can't remember. But it'll make a big point of her. But they it, it's revealed that for the entire duration of the film, they have been impersonating Maria Hill and Nick Fury. Yeah. Which is why Nick Fury falls for all of Mysterio's 
charms and tricks and doesn't think twice about it. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. You know, it, it, th- that was the one thing I kept thinking of during th- watching the film. Yeah. Just like, why is Nick Fury buying this shit without question? Like, why is he yeah. just like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You're a hero from another universe. Right on. Yeah. That's <laughs> kind of what I was thinking about too. I'm like, how did he fool Nick Fury? Like, yeah, that's, that's, you know, he's charming, but he's not that charming. I don't think anyone <laughs> is that charming. Right, 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 right. So we, we find out that they're scrolls and that, that, yeah, it's okay. They might have messed up a little bit because <laughs> they got a little, situation got a little out of hand. They, all they were supposed to do was deliver the Edith glasses to Peter Parker from Tony yeah. Stark. And, and that was all they're supposed to do. But they kind of got wrapped up in this whole well, Mysterio adventure, like, too. Okay, well, let's figure this out, too. <laughs> <laughs> then the next most interesting part is, well, where is Nick Fury? Yeah. Roger, where is Nick Fury? He happens to be vacationing in a spaceship. <laughs> a very large spaceship. Very or possibly large. a space station. We're not quite sure. It looked definitely like a space station. That it, was huge. Yeah, and it's, it's populated by scrolls. Lots and lots of scrolls. Yep, and he seems to be in charge of things. He seems to be quite in charge of things. So, I guess... Now, I guess, I, I guess this is where the speculation comes in. Uh-huh. Do we think that Nick Fury is out and about in the in the universe, in the galaxy, doing things? Mm-hmm. Do we think he's building some kind of galactic protection system for Earth? Like, what, yeah. what do we think is going on? The big rumor is that this is going to be Marvel Cinematic's introduction of S.W.O.R.D., mm-hmm. which was brought in uh, by, uh, ironically enough, Josh, Josh, Joss Whedon, of all people, mm. in his X-Men run from, from a decade or so ago. Yeah, I mean... So, I mean, we don't know. It's, it's all speculation at this point. Anything. I mean, it could even be leading up somehow to Secret Invasion. Possibly Secret Invasion, though that'd be interesting because the Skrulls are very bad guys in that comic book. Yeah, so it might, it might be a, a different take on it, which would be curious to see. Yeah, very curious to see. Now, this could also just be a, a teaser for the next Captain Marvel film, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm assuming is at least in pre-production. Yeah, we, we haven't heard too much about that. No, right? and that may be something that's also announced at the, at the Marvel panel. for sure. It's yeah. definitely coming. Yeah. There's, you know, the rumors are that a, a, a bunch of deals were signed, um, uh, I think, late in the winter for, for, mm-hmm. for a Doctor Strange movie as well, a new Doctor nice. Strange uh, continuation. So, the Marvel Cinematic Universe <laughs> does not do stationary. They, they no. do not stand still, and I love them for it. Yeah. Because I, I'll be honest, I, w- I hadn't really considered what kind of direction Phase 4 was going to go in, necessarily. I mean, I yeah. knew we were getting a bunch of new films, new characters, and things like that, and I was excited about that. Mm-hmm. But they're kind, of, they're, they're kind of giving you like a little peek of, of what the overall tone of, of is going to be. And like, yeah. It's, it's like, yeah, the world is bigger now. The, yeah. the, you know, the galaxy on on, is, is on the stage. The universe is on the stage. And, uh, you know, the, the big rumors are the Eternals film. Mm-hmm. You know that we know that's coming, and the Eternals yeah. are are big deal galactic cosmic characters. Yeah, you know, and and is is this a time? That, I mean, they've been saying that it's a ways away, but I mean, is this how we sneak in a, a Fantastic Four into the universe? Well, I mean, definitely be a good way to go about it. I don't right? know. I feel like it's still going to be a ways off, though, for sure. I know. I, I, there's so many neat ways that they could incorporate a Fantastic Four, even if it's late into Phase Four. Yeah. There's definitely ways to make it work. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely curious. Uh, a, a a rendition of the Fantastic Four on film that is enjoyable would be a nice change of pace. <laughs> Just saying. Definitely, we would enjoy that. Yeah, I mean, listen, I know I know the complaint about the comic book is like, oh, they're old timey, they're old fashioned, blah 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 blah. But those characters are classic for a reason, and to see a good version of them on this on the big screen would be 
amazing. Yeah, I'd love to see how they go about it because mm-hmm. I think it is such a hard thing because, like you said, those characters, they're definitely like classic characters and they're very comic booky in, mm-hmm. you know, even their powers and personalities in the original. And you're just like, that's such a hard transition to reality, you know, which is why maybe the other ones didn't work out so well because it just was so fantastical. Well, you also had uh, <laughs> Michael Chiklis in a giant rubber suit. Which, which wasn't the best. Wasn't the best. Yeah. And that, no offense to Chiklis, because, I mean, he's a good actor. I love The Shield, but yeah. good Lord. It's still a giant rubber suit. Yeah, they just they just really got to find the right actors for it and the right right script, right way to go about it, you know? All right, so let's, let's pull it back. Back. Pull it back to Spider-Man. And let's get into the film. <laughs> We, we both were fans. Yeah, we really liked it. All right, go from there. <laughs> Tell me your thoughts. <laughs> I mean, I honestly, the way they, uh, the first part of the movie was done so well where they just kind of, when they introduced Mysterio as this character, you know, just this whole explanation of him being from a different Earth and, you know, the reference to the Earth 616. 616, classic sp- uh, comic book reference for Marvel yeah. Universe. Yeah, well, I remember when I heard that, I'm like, oh, wow, they're getting they're getting deep, deep on cuts. this. Deep cuts, yeah. deep cuts. Alan Moore. So, yeah, <laughs> so I'm like, oh, that's really cool. And originally, I I bought it to the extent that, oh, maybe he is from a different dimension different part of the multiverse you know whatever but maybe you know he's trying to scam him in some way you know you know it's such an interesting thread uh that that they dangled out there in the in those trailers you know that he's from a different earth kind of thing and after into the spider-verse came out we all just bought it yeah yeah that could make sense right (laughs) yeah (laughs) and good for Marvel for doing that. Yeah, they they made a point of that in the movie, that, like, nobody knows what to believe right now, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, it was really, now was the perfect time for them to play that, to be like, you know what, This this is a character that, you know, maybe not a lot of, you know, the average Joe knows Mysterio, you know? Obviously, Spider-Man and Marvel fans know who Mysterio is, right. know his history, but maybe, you know, other people might not. And they just see this guy floating around looking like Doctor Strange, and, you know, they're like, oh, okay, he's like another magician guy, and always oh, from a different universe. And it was a cool way to go about it. And then, like, when, you know, the hat drops, you're like, oh, wow, that's how they did everything, you know? Yeah, it, it was interesting. I mean, we, we, had, we had talked about... Um, <laughs> We had talked about Mysterio probably being the the big bad in yeah, the film, and like he, we're he like, okay, be, we're getting yeah. misdirected here mm-hmm. in some way. But the, the 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 trick was how. Well, the trick was the trick. I yeah. mean, how are they going to pull this off? Yeah. That like this this fake hero thing, and how do they reveal that he's actually the villain? And mm-hmm. I thought they did a uh, fantastic job of that. Mm-hmm. I had mentioned earlier that the the Edith glasses mm-hmm. that are that that Tony leaves for for Peter Parker to get, yeah, very important to the story mm-hmm. as it's as it's the object that Mysterio wants, yeah, and how he goes about a kind of um, playing Spider Man mm-hmm. for for. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a good word, right? He plays Spider-Man, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, he plays Peter mostly. I mean, let's let's, let's kind of keep this, this separate. Yeah, like, he definitely. definitely takes advantage of, of Peter's emotional vulnerability. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's a very I think it was a very um, intentional move on Mysterio's part to kind of like have like a to look kind of like a Tony Stark. You know, yeah. like, he kind of had the scruffy beard and like the kind of rough demeanor on the edges kind of thing. Yeah, and definitely, you know, I hadn't thought about it, but that probably was intentional if that was the goal because you see in the earlier scene, he's actually clean cut. Yeah. 
yeah. you know, when he, you know, they make reference to his past uh, technologies. But yeah, no, it's just, it was such a like awesome way to go about it. And it, what I liked is that they just made him as, you know, as Mysterio was just the average guy, you know, mm-hmm. like he didn't have any powers, nothing crazy. Yeah, he was smart and he was awesome with, you know, misdirection and illusions. But I think, you know, they really played true to like Mysterio's character. And honestly, the scene where, <laughs> you know, you get the trippy things happening to Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. The, the, all, uh, the yeah. acid trip. The, the, all the, the illusion scene. stuff that Mysterio pulls on Spider-Man is, is top notch. Yeah, it was great. I uh, loved it. But it, it, was, it was an interesting concept to make Mysterio kind of more than just Quentin Beck. I mean, mm-hmm. it was, Mysterio was kind of like a, like a concept yeah. that, that a team of bad guys kind of brings together. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's Quentin Beck who's been wronged by Tony Stark, mm-hmm. and his supporting cast are all people who've been wronged by Tony Stark. Which was really cool that they actually brought in those same guys. Yeah, like you recognize most of the, not all of them, but yeah. you recognize quite a few of them from previous Marvel films. Yeah, and you kind of want to go back and say, well, was that guy actually in there? Or did they Adam post, you know, like, oh, wow. Yeah, it, it was very, <laughs> uh, uh, I, I believe it's uh, uh, Peter Billingsley mm-hmm. is brought back yeah. from his little cameo appearance as the first Iron Man, which yeah. nobody, if nobody knows who Peter Billingsley is, that's the kid from A Christmas Story. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, deep cuts yeah. <laughs> all around. So they incorporate that character. Mm-hmm. They, they kind of do like a CGI trick where uh, they put Quentin Beck into the Civil War scene where, where Tony's kind of having his therapy moment about his yeah. about his, his, his mother and father uh-huh. and uh, his reaction to uh, start coming up with the acronym BARF yeah. for, the, for the name of the holographic <laughs> system that is being used. He's just so taken aback and like, this is just a joke to you. <laughs> it's so well done, yeah. the way they tie that together. And like just it's just kind of like this scene from Civil War that seems like just one thing. Mm-hmm. And then they take that scene... And they do they, something. They, they just tweak it just a little yeah. bit. They, they, they put they put Jake Gyllenhaal in the background of yeah. it, and it changes everything. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was one of the biggest things that I loved about it. A lot of times when you do these like, oh, this thing from over here actually was this other thing. You know, when you add these like kind of post hoc additions to stories, sometimes it feels really forced. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, well, actually he was here the whole time. You know, it's kind of like the the Back to the Future too. Oh, well, you know, the other Marty was there the whole right, time. Right, right. You just never saw him. And it's like sometimes it feels forced. It feels unnatural. But this one was so well done that it just felt like it was always planned. You exactly. Know? And it, it felt like part of the deception it felt like yeah. it was totally in line with Mysterio's yeah. gig like that that's his gimmick that's why this works because we're just playing off of these things yeah. and, and the so yeah I mean, oh, I'm, I'm losing my words here a little bit but the way like I said Mysterio's kind of a concept that's less than a person it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, a, it's a costume that's projected over Beck in a mocap suit which is like <laughs> Wait, that's probably what he's wearing when they're making the fucking movie to begin with. Yeah, and then, exactly. <laughs> like it, the movie has like these kind of like levels to yeah, it. Like it's, it's, very it's, meta. It's, it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's meta in certain s- scenes. Yeah. You know, even when he's when that's that's been revealed, he, he doesn't actually wear that costume. Yeah. <laughs> except for when he has to scam Peter out of the co- out of those glasses. Yeah. You get to the big climactic battle. And it's it's Quentin Beck in the mocap suit, but he has like that three G projector that looks a hell of a lot like a, like a giant Mysterio fishbowl in his head. Yeah, so that when you get that Spider Man punch that shatters the bowl, yeah. it's that moment from the comics that you saw a million times and yeah, you wanted to see it brought to life. <laughs> and it was so badass. Yeah, it was so well done. I loved it. It yeah. was great. It, yeah. it, um, Jay Gyllenhaal, I thought was 
fantastic. Oh yeah, in, he in this nailed film. it. Yeah. So good at at being like this sympathetic character, mm-hmm. at, at, like I said, playing on Peter's sympathies. Yeah. And 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 trying to, I mean, he's basically running a con on him, but yeah. he does it so well. And and Jillian Hall is just he's. Just, he's a good actor, the Prince yeah. of Persia himself. Just so fucking charming. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I think that was one of the things I loved about his character is that, you know, he even charmed the audience even after you knew that he wasn't the good guy. And, you know, there was these little things here and there. You're like, you know, he's not all bad. You know, he didn't want to have to kill Peter. Like, he was like, ah, I really don't want to do this. Had you just stayed out of the way? It was more like, I have to close off loose ends, you know? And it was almost like, you get it it's still a dick thing to do, but you get it, you yeah. know? And it's like just this whole time you wanted him to have some sort of redeeming quality. And every scene where you're just like, Oh, you know, like when you think he's dead once and Oh no, he's not actually dead. <laughs> and then you're like, Oh, well, you know, he's just that good at manipulating you. That, like he manipulated the audience, you know, so many times. And you're just like, wow, you know, I, I fell for it every time. Yeah, and I, I think uh, that was an interesting thing, too. I, I, I had read a couple of reports from people who were seeing the film, and they, they were surprised by people's surprise. Yeah. That, like, oh, they these people over here, did, they didn't know. Yeah. And so like, it, it kind of gave another level to the people who were unfamiliar with Mysterio and, yeah. and that character. Um, again, I think it's a great performance by Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Uh, but luckily... Mm-hmm. He doesn't outshine the central character. At least I don't think so. Yeah, no, I think they they balanced it pretty well. One of the, one of the one of the best surprises and, and biggest pluses of of the new Spider Man has mm-hmm. been Tom Holland. Yeah, definitely. He's, he's just so good at it. He's he's charming as fuck. He's <laughs> likable as hell. I mean, yeah, like that's like a Peter Parker you could hang out with. Yeah, that you'd. Want I mean, you wouldn't be able to go do anything, anything cool because he's like you know sixteen. But yeah, but Tom Holland's not. <laughs> I mean, so. <laughs> maybe we shouldn't hang out with him because we're old men. But that's weird. <laughs> but it, it, he's just a likable, relatable kid, and yeah. like you kind of understand where he's coming from with things. And and sure. Holland does a great job of of conveying that and mm-hmm. and bringing um, the challenges of, of balancing Spider-Man and Peter Parker and trying to want to be a normal high schooler with being yeah. a superhero and being an Avenger and being, you know, the pressure that he feels for the mantle of Iron Man, you know, yeah. and, and stuff like that. One, one, one of the great things about the film, too, I, that I was a big fan of that I wasn't sure how it would play. I mean, we knew he was in the film, mm-hmm. but I wasn't sure how it was going to play. What was, was John Favreau as, as Happy Hogan. Yeah. yeah. And he's, he's almost a scene stealer. Yeah, <laughs> because he comes in there and he just a he's funny as hell. But in the, in yeah. the scenes where he's supposed to be serious and mm-hmm. and compassionate with with Peter, he crushes it. Yeah, yeah, he really does. He's so good mm-hmm. at, 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 at just talking to this this <laughs> this boy yeah. who wants nothing more than to to live up to Tony Stark's reputation. Yeah, and he just tells me like, no one's gonna be Iron Man. Yeah, <laughs> no one can be Iron Man, and it, you know it's it's just. It's an understated performance, but it's it's yeah. extremely well done. And uh, John Watts, who directed the film, gets gets top notch, um, excuse me, top notch acting from everybody in this film. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think there's a weak spot in there. No, I don't think as, so. As far as the acting goes, yeah, yeah. you know, there there there, you may have some quibbles about the story stuff, but sure. uh, I I think the film's su- superbly acted and it plays it plays really well with with emotional issues, mm-hmm. which is yeah. great. Which I think is what you need. The Spider-Man movies. Need to kind of have that uh, that emotional core. Definitely, it's really something that's central to that character. Yeah, because I mean, he he is the everyman put with 
in this situation. You know, Peter Parker is the the good person that everyone wants to be. You know, it's like you, he's so relatable to everyone because he has to deal with real world issues and be a superhero. Yeah. You know, and that's why everybody loves Spider Man. And you know, I mentioned it last week how it's kind of like this 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 high school movie mixed with a road trip movie. Yeah. Mixed with a superhero movie, and yeah. they just do. I thought, like I said, I think they do a great job of keeping all the elements well balanced. Yeah, I think so. The film maybe isn't quite as funny as Homecoming is, possibly, but it's still really funny and really good. <laughs> uh, the the little the little summer fling with with Ned and Betty Brant is hilarious. Uh, Zendaya is great as MJ. Yeah, I really liked her in this one, probably more than the last one. Even but they <laughs> gave her more room to shine. Gave her, yeah, she definitely had more to do in this in this one. More more material, more lines. Yeah. She was really funny when she got to, when he, when she had a chance to be. It wasn't yeah. just like the one liners. Yeah, she yeah, actually yeah. had like some some real scenes to play with with mm-hmm. with Tom Holland, and they were they were great together. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Cute and charming yeah. as they should be. <laughs> um, what else did I like? I, I still like. I forget. I I meant to look up the actor's name and I totally spaced on it. But the kid playing Fro- Flash cracks me up. Oh yeah, because <laughs> he's just he's just so fucking arrogant. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, one one of the, actually one of the things about his character that I thought was kind of sad at the end that his parents didn't come was, to get him. Yeah, and but there was like no resolution to that. No, I was just I thought like maybe you know Peter would come up to him or something or that you know someone would say something about it. But it was just kind of like oh okay that's sad and you just left it there. You know, I, I thought something would happen, but well, I guess not. I guess I like, think it's just I, I my my thought was it just kind of shows us a glimpse of his home life and why he's you know kind of the way he is as other yeah, people. Yeah, which, which you know I definitely get, but I just thought oh that that might have been a good way to like you know put a little more compassion, maybe make him less dickish in the future. Yeah, but, you know maybe that's just his character. What did you think of the stealth suit? Thought it was all right. The what was it? The nocturnal, <laughs> nocturnal monkey, night monkey, or night something monkey. like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I remember. That. I was looking at the translations because I saw it down in TJ. So in that one, it was oh, like yeah. mono nocturno. <laughs> so it, it even, I mean, it would have sounded similar in Italian too. So. <laughs> but yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah, I, uh, I like the stealth suit. Fine. I'll be honest. I thought it was the the the, <laughs> the one thing, and this is such a small, tiny thing. But I was just like. Why are the gloves fingerless? Like, Peter oh, Parker yeah, still has fingerprints. Yeah. It's not that stealthy if you can get, lift a fingerprint off of there. I don't, you know, again, such a small, stupid thing. But yeah, you know, I didn't even notice that. That's weird. <laughs> Just one of those things I noticed. <laughs> That's funny. The, the other thing I noticed, too, which I thought was pure coincidence hmm. more than anything else, but uh, when when Nick Fury, a.k.a. Talos, gets involved in, in kind of hijacking Peter's school trip so that uh-huh. he can he can do the adventure with Mysterio... Yeah. And uh, they get the they get the, the the kids like that private bus with the driver. Uh-huh. I don't know who the actor is. I forget the name that he is in the in the film. Uh-huh. That guy could be fucking Craven. <laughs> he looked like Craven. I, I kept trying to find someone. I was like, is his name last name Cravenoff? Is this, are they doing like a backwards introduction that to Craven the would Hunter? Actually, be pretty cool. <laughs> Again, something else I didn't follow up on, but I probably should. Yeah, no, that would have been pretty cool. And actually, you know, I was I was listening to something on YouTube, and you know, they were talking about like maybe for the next movie would be a good time to introduce Craven the Hunter because maybe he would be like a bounty hunter. Or maybe they already movie. introduced Craven the Hunter <laughs> as the bus driver. As the bus driver. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be a pretty sad introduction. <laughs> <laughs> he, gets, he gets fed up. He finds out he's working for a squirrel. He's bitter and angry. And he's like, I'm, I'm going to go back to my gig, big game hunting roots. Yeah, F Spider-Man. We're hunting spiders now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't even... I would, 
I would be really stoked to see a big screen version of Craven brought to life. If they did it well, I think it would be pretty cool. Visually, that is a hard character, I think, to transition to the screen. No, they, they'd have to change it. You can't pull off the... It, for anyone who hasn't, hasn't, doesn't know what we're talking about, Google Craven the Hunter. It, that's that's an outfit that's a little tough to see on the silver screen. That's like 90s wrestler type It really outfit. is. It really, really is. You're right about that. Uh-huh. Um, what else do I want to say about the film? You got any, any more thoughts about it yourself? More more tidbits? Um, no, I mean... Martin Starr's great as Professor J.B. J.D. J.B. Smoove is great as the, as the other professor on the trip yeah. <laughs> who, who, who subscribes everything that's happening to witches, witches which yeah, is I hilarious. That was funny. <laughs> like, you, you see when he's, like, looking through the Edith classes, you see that he's, like, researching witches and stuff. It's so good. Yeah. It's like, is it, as a man of science, <laughs> it's, it's witches. <laughs> so it good. Great. I loved it. Yeah. I got to see it again. Yeah. Sure. I, I actually am hoping to, to catch it possibly tomorrow. I, I have a friend oh, nice. who has, hasn't caught it yet. Yeah. Uh, over at the Hazard Center, they, they run the $5 Tuesday special. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Very I nice. Go catch it at a, at a nice, nice affordable price. Yeah. Sounds good. Because, yeah, I would like to see it again. I, I enjoyed, uh, I was a big fan of the set pieces. As, as a fan of European travel, yeah. I enjoyed seeing uh, Spider-Man in those locales. It's something they yeah. do not often in the comics anymore. Oh. But I always liked those adventures where, where Spider-Man was out of his element. Yeah. You know, he, where he was away from the city. And it was, it was interesting, too, to, to kind of take him out of New York City, which is like his comfortable zone, and put him in an uncomfortable place yeah. while he's processing all these different emotions from Tony's death mm-hmm. and, and his role as, as Spider-Man going forward to his desire to just be a high school kid. So to, to take him out of New York while he's processing all that, I thought was yeah. really interesting and really smart. And I also was a... May have served more as just like a, a something that made the plot work a little bit better, uh-huh. but because of these challenges that he's dealing with, the ineffectiveness of the quote unquote Peter Tingle <laughs> <laughs> was very yeah. interesting. Hey, you know, they never they never called it Spider Sense. I thought that it was going to be at the end. They right. say something. It's like, oh, I decided to call it this. Yeah, but Peter Tingle led to a lot of funny jokes, so yeah, we let it pass. But yeah. yes, we are talking about Spider Man Spider Sense. Which yeah. is not great, not effective in this film. Which I think again plays really well into him having to deal with a guy who's a master of illusion. Yeah, and I think I, that was kind of the the main point. It's like Spider Man's always been able to deal with Mysterio because of the Spider Sense. He knows what's real and what's not. And you know, but you've had in previous storylines that you know Spider Man's powers sometimes don't work when he's under like mental. Strength. Yeah, he's a, he's in a he's in a different emotional state than he is normally. So he's not at, I mean, he's not at a hundred percent, I suppose. Yeah. That's what I put it. until the end of the film when he's oh. like, he's Oh, it's time to be Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it was, it was really good. It was really, really good. I can't recommend enough. Yeah. I, I mentioned last week too, that it was a little, it was a little jarring, I suppose, to go from a Marvel, Marvel cinematic universe movie like Endgame, uh-huh. where it's just so big and the stakes are <laughs> so much yeah. to a much Equally, I suppose it's equally big in, in some senses, but smaller in a lot of other ways. Yeah, it definitely wasn't like as crazy of a battle or anything, but definitely on the scale from the way, you know, Mysterio was making out the creatures to be, mm-hmm. it would have been potentially world ending. Yeah. Right? So it was, and I, I think that was another cool thing that I like, just Mysterio and Peter's dynamic when they were, you know, fighting against the monsters, you know, it's yeah. like... That, that was pretty cool to see. But, uh, yeah, overall, smaller scale, but it did the job well. But it, it was definitely less jarring for me this time around than uh, last year when it was, uh, go, we were, you know, we were coming out of uh, Infinity War. Uh-huh. 
and we had to go into into Ant Man and Wasp, hmm. which is still a good it's it's a good film, but it that one almost almost jarring to me. That definitely was like that was like oh my god, someone just like slammed on the e brake, <laughs> and, and now I'm just like I'm somewhere else completely, and I'm I'm not prepared for what's happening right now. Yeah, I'd say yeah, Ant Man and the Wasp, and even Captain Marvel to an extent, kind of just. They weren't on the same scale. You know? Yeah, Captain Marvel to me, the, the the biggest benefit of that one was uh, it that it was spaced out, yeah. spe- specifically from Endgame. Yeah, but it was, it, and it was just kind of like a like a little wet your appetite for Endgame sort of thing. Yeah, I think but, so. But no, you're, I mean you're definitely right. I mean, to go from you know we're we're twenty two movies into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, <laughs> and then all of a sudden we're getting another origin story real quick. Yeah. And it's like oh okay, yeah. again not to detract from the film, it just was a little bit of a you had to shift gears. Yeah. And again, the first time I saw Ant Man and Wasp, first time I saw Captain Marvel, I had to do that gear shift. And I, I've enjoyed the films more on second, third, and fourth viewings mm-hmm. um, because I can appreciate them more now. Yeah. But going from those those big high stakes <laughs> movies, like like the giant cliffhanger of Endgame, to another uh, like basically like a heist film, yeah. we, we, you know, with Ant Man and Wasp, not to detract from it, but yeah. it was like, oh, well, now we're doing something totally different. Yeah. And, yeah. It's always tough squ- switching scales like that, you know? It's like, you go so big that, like, anything after that is just like, well, it's bad, but it's not endgame bad. You well, know? and I think that's probably the biggest perk about now that we're going to be in Phase 4. Mm-hmm. The the decks have been reset. Everything's yeah. shuffled up again. Um, every, all the films are, are kind of back on equal footing to an extent. Yeah. I mean, okay, yes, Spider-Man's more established. Mm-hmm. Captain Marvel's got a film now that she's yeah. established. There's, like I said, I think uh, they haven't, officially announced but it sounds like Doctor Strange 2 is in the works yeah so th- we're gonna start building again yeah but we're starting kind of not square one but lower you know yeah. closer to closer to ground level <laughs> everyone's kind of gone their own separate ways and everyone's fighting their own personal issues now you yeah know, so. I mean you know we, we spent 10 years waiting for Thanos yeah well like eight I guess technically Roughly, but yeah. seven or eight but <laughs> you know we knew that was coming so like there was the anticipation that's all gone now. Yeah. So we can enjoy the Marvel Cinematic Universe on a different level. Yeah, and now what the next galactic threat might be, that's another story. You think they'll ever bring in Galactus? That, that's, that's actually where I kind of want it to go yeah. next. I mean, I think it'd be pretty badass. It'd be really hard to do, though. How do you fight the world eating <laughs> and make it realistic? Well, you got the, like I said, you get the Fantastic Four back, and you get access to all those great characters... You get to do a much better version of of the Silver Surfer, Silver, hopefully. Yeah, Silver Surfer. I mean, it can be done, and as long as you don't do what they did in the second Fantastic Four film, which is like make Galactus this giant nebulous kind of cloudy thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, but see, that's the thing. They were trying. Even there, they were trying to make it more realistic because it's like Galactus as a character is ridiculous, you know. I suppose, but it, you know what? I mean. Marvel's pulled off a lot of ridiculous things, <laughs> so why think, can't they pull this off? I think they could do it. Give me I would that. Love to see how. Give me that Jack Kirby giant in space <laughs> who just munches on planets. Yeah, I want with that the giant horned square helmet. Oh god, that helmet's so iconic. <laughs> but that that character has a great visual look, and yeah. I think I I'm sure there's a way to do it. It just is a matter of getting the right filmmakers involved, yeah. who have the right vision for it. I believe. Yeah, because I mean, even like Dormammu, they I mean he wasn't comic accurate per se but I thought they did a pretty w- good job of making him you know that character yeah <laughs> I, I, I think I think we'll learn a lot about about phase four sooner sooner rather than later um, once we kind of get a, get an idea of the slate of films coming yeah 
because it would it would be, but it would also be interesting if they, if they shifted from a galactic threat to something more earth based like maybe you know maybe it's time to prop up Doctor Doom mm. you know a little bit better because that guy's been getting fucked in these movies he yeah. his interpretations have been awful <laughs> yeah it'd be interesting to see we'll definitely yeah. have to see plus with all the new Disney Plus stuff that they're going to release yeah. if any of that is going to push the story further as well it'd be nice to see but again the Eternals is coming which means I'm pretty sure it is going to be a galactic threat so <laughs> as much as I might want to see Doctor Doom be a total badass over you know and be a, a, a threat to the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe odds are I'm not getting that <laughs> well, there's always wishing there's, well, you know, maybe maybe we'll team up with Galactus they'll there be best go. friends <laughs> I don't know anyways I, we're getting a, we're getting a little off track but that can only mean one thing Sadly, we've reached the end. Already? I mean, do you have any closing <laughs> thoughts about the film, Roger? Uh, it was awesome. Go watch it if you haven't. Yeah. If you have, watch it again. It's watch worth it again. It. Two, three times. Yeah. And Avengers is back out in theaters with new footage, so watch that again, too. Have Good. you seen it? Not with the added footage, not yet. Yeah, I don't... I haven't heard anything about it. No, and I think it's all tagged on at the end of the credits anyways. Yeah, I thought I thought it would be like spliced in, so I'm yeah. slightly disappointed that it's not like in there, but Maybe I'll maybe I'll, I'll track some down to Comic-Con to give, give us some give us the dirt. Yeah. And we can talk <laughs> we'll about see it next week. Up. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if you're feeling inclined, if you're feeling generous, please write us a five-star review. Small independent podcasts like this can easily get lost in the shuffle. And those reviews go a long way to getting the word out about this fun little podcast that we do. Again, you can follow along with the show at TomCast underscore PopCast on Twitter and at TheTomCast underscore PopCast on Instagram. Uh, yeah, thanks so much for listening again. We will be back soon. We're going to, we're gonna, like I said, we're going to shuffle through the debris of Comic-Con after they yeah. wrecked San Diego, after the <laughs> Gaslamp Quarter is nothing but rubble. And we're going to find out the big news, the big juicy news of the con, and we're going we're gonna to talk the shit out of it next week. Uh, ciao, babes. Talk to you soon. Later, webheads. <laughs> We're not gonna be fucking sunk this year! We're the Stanley Cup champions!